Namaste and welcome to Women's Journeys, where we share empowering women's stories as well as solo episodes, all about healing, spirituality, empowerment, intuition, and all that good stuff. My name is Olivia. Join me on an inspiring journey to help you find your own light. Today's journey is about Sarah. I met Sarah in Bali of last year, and from the moment that we met, I knew that she was an inspiration. She's a yoga teacher and practitioner who lives in Paris, and her goal is to share yoga to help people find their personal truth. I am so happy to have her on the show, and I hope that you enjoyed this episode. So please welcome Sarah and her story. I'm Sarah. I'm a yoga teacher, and I've been um, I've actually been teaching yoga for about four years now. And I think um, if I had to describe or to explain why I'm teaching yoga, I'd say that my main purpose is to use the practice of yoga to encourage people to look within and get to know who they are, who they really want to be in life and um, let go of everything that is not that and just to find themselves. Because I think that if everyone if everyone could be the person that they're supposed to be, the world would be a much better place. Um, so basically that's what I try to convey in, in my teaching, mainly that that's, that's what I try to do. It's hard though. <laughs> to, to... <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, because yoga is so much more than just a physical asanas. And definitely, definitely. Yeah, and that's why I was I was saying it's 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 sometimes it's difficult because a lot of people and I did too when I started um, come to yoga because they're looking for a way to stay fit or a way to work out or lose weight or feel better about their body. So it's usually the first step is the physical, the first aspect of the practice that people come to come in contact with is the physical aspect, but it's important to keep in mind that that's just one of the many aspects of yoga practice and that yoga is much more than that, as you say. And, um, but sometimes it can be a little hard as a teacher, I think, to, um, to keep that in mind. I mean, not in your mind, but keep that in people's mind when you teach that they're not just here for the physical practice and they're not just here to, put their body into shapes you know they're here for more than that and um, I was actually talking um, about that with a student this morning and and she's she's really amazing she's an 80 year old woman that I teach to and I really really love our practice together and I was actually telling her that the reason why we're, we're doing all of this if there's one thing that I really want her to get out of all of all of the practice and everything that we share is that what she's learning through the physical practice, being being kind to her body, listening to your to you know her body, and just stop doing things because you want the the postures to look a certain way, or because you want to feel like you're working, or like your muscles are working or engaged or anything. Um, I was saying the first thing you can learn is that you have to listen to your body, be kind and give it what it actually needs instead of just letting your ego get in the place of that and like want to just 
like as far as you can go or anything. And once you've like integrated that into your physical practice, then I think the next step is to try to get it out of your mat, like, and try to, you know, um, keep living in that way outside of your mat or your mat and actually just, you know, being like that in your life in general. And, um, and that's what I, I was, that's what I try to teach mm-hmm. and to, to convey. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And, and what does it mean for you personally to live like a yogic lifestyle mm. outside of the mat? For me, it's in, in the end, it's being um, present in everything that you do, I guess. It's about awareness, I think, and making choices in awareness and conscience and knowing why you're choosing to do this or this, why you're choosing to live this kind of life, um, why, yeah, basically it's it's just being 100% in line with what's in your heart in the way that you live. Basically for me, that's it. That's living a yogic life. And I think then there's a lot of things that come on top of that. And like, of course, you know, people say like, like people imagine, I guess, that yogis, I think a lot of my students actually ask me, they're like, do you practice like for an hour and a half every day? Or do you do like those super intense poses? Or like, do you um, eat a certain way because you're a yogi? Or do you like go to bed at 9.30 every night? Or do you wake up at 5 a.m. and meditate for hours in the morning? And I think those are aspects of the practice. Those are aspects of being a yogi. But those are only, it, it, it really only means that you're a yogi if you're doing those things because it feels right for you and because you feel like it's in alignment with what you want to do and how you want to live your life. And if you're just doing it because you want to be, you want to be able to say, I'm a yogi, then I think, is it really living a yogic lifestyle or? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> then it's more from an ego perspective, I think. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And um, how did you find yoga? How did you come mm-hmm. onto the path? Yeah. Um, actually, it was through my mom. Um, a few years ago, my mom uh, still lived here in Paris and she was um, I, I remember that my brothers, actually, my big brothers convinced her. Um, they were both talking to her about it and they were saying, you should actually do yoga, mom. You should really try. It would be good for you. Um, and she said, at one point, she said, okay, I'm going to try. You know what? I'm just going to try. And then I was living with her at the time. I was in high school. Um, I was finishing high school. I was living with her still. And I said, and she said, if I'm going to yoga, you're coming with me. <laughs> <laughs> so I went with her. Um, I really love doing things with my mom. So it was really, it was really great to just discover that together. Um, and I know that a lot of people have that like epiphany moments, like in their first class, and they're like, "Oh my God, where was yoga for like all my life?" Mm-hmm. Um, I have to be honest, I didn't have that kind I of moment in my first class. <laughs> so funny. But still. I had, um, I was a gymnast when I was younger. When I was a little girl, I did uh, gymnastics for a few years and uh, I was really into it. So I practiced a lot, a lot of hours per week. I was really, really um, hard at it. Um, So I was, I still had like flexibility from that time and stuff. And I remember in my first class, um, the first thing that came to mind was like 
wow, like a lot, a lot of what I was doing in gymnastics came back through, because as I said, I started through, I discovered yoga through the physical mm -hmm. practice, right? So it was a Hatha class. And I remembered thinking, oh, wow, um, I kind of have like some sensations that are coming back that was reminding, that were reminding me of uh, gymnastics. But at the same time, I felt like this is so like, so subtle and so soft compared to what I did when I was doing gymnastics. And I, it was like I was reconnecting with my body, but in a new way. I was like finding out, I was rediscovering it really. And, um, and so, but I didn't really figure it out at the time. I don't think I really understood that at the time. I just, I just remember feeling that it was different, but at the same time, it was like I was um, finding my way back to my body in a way. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then I just didn't really think much of it. I thought, oh, it was nice. And, and then we started going every week. And it was just like that. It wasn't like, um, it just became a habit. We went every week. Sometimes I would miss it because I had something in class or something and I couldn't go, my mom would go. Um, but it just became a habit. And over time, it, I actually continued to practice. I moved out of my mom's, but then I continued practicing at home. And then all the way through university, I was practicing yoga on and off. It was basically just that way for me to connect to my body. And I think at the time, that was exactly what I needed because I wasn't really, I was in a place that was a little, um, it wasn't easy for me at that time. Mm -hmm. So I think yoga really helped me to reconnect myself. Yeah. Um, but it was really on and off one week there or three months there. I would practice for three months and I would stop and then I would come back to it. And then I moved to Canada. Um, after I graduated from university, I moved to Canada because I wanted to change of scenery. <laughs> mm -hmm. So um, I left with my boyfriend. It was just the two of us and we left to the other side of the world. I knew Canada because I was born there, but I was going in a place that I had never been before. I was going to Toronto where I, I was living in Montreal when I was younger, um, when I lived there when I was a kid. So Toronto was new for me. It was a new city. We had no one apart from each other. Um, and yeah, it was a lot of new things adapting to a new way of life and everything. So I think that's when my practice really became very steady and it became a very important part of my life. And that's when I think I started to get into the other aspects of yoga and I started really changing the relationship I had to the practice. Um, so that's really how I came into the journey. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's so interesting that when everything kind of changed around you, like you moved countries and um, then, you know, you find the aspect of yoga that's more beneficial for your mental health, I think. Exactly. That, for me, it was the same yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it was also like when everybody else, when everything else was, was like moving around me, everything mm -hmm. was like changing and the only um the only consistent thing in my life was yoga and um it was really really important to me and I, I remember also that at the time because when we moved we didn't have a lot of money we were students moving like coming into a new country we had no jobs we had to we had to look for jobs there and everything so I didn't go into clubs or classes or anything I just practiced at home with like videos on YouTube and stuff like that mm -hmm. um so so yeah, I, I, I could practice for hours when I wanted to. Um, I 
think it wasn't the best in terms of like in terms of like alignment and everything mm-hmm. maybe I did yeah. a few things wrong at the beginning but it was really really great for me at the moment like at that time it was really what I needed mm-hmm. yeah and mm. then you decided to do your teacher training right yeah you, yeah did about two years in Canada mm-hmm. oh yeah wow. um yeah. I stayed about two years in Canada and then I came back um and started working in the field that I had studied in so I was working in supply chain at the time I worked for about I think when we came back from Canada I worked for a little more than two years about two years Mm -hmm. and in those two years I felt like I was it was just there was such a shift between what I was doing and how I felt inside and it was like completely I felt like there was no um, there was no adequacy. So your inside weren't like correlating with what was my going in, on y- the Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It wasn't, there was no link between what I was doing outside mm-hmm. and what I, how I felt inside and what I wanted to do and how I wanted to be part of this world. And, and then I started thinking and thinking, and at the time my practice still was, you know, growing and growing. And I felt like, I stopped and thought, and I was like, okay, the only consistent thing in your life for the past, what was it, four years at the time, maybe five, wow. six years, is yoga. Um, and you really like it, and it's become a really, really important part of your life. I feel like it would make sense to actually give it the place that it should have in your <laughs> life. So that's when I decided that I wanted to do the training. And at the same time, I decided that I wanted to leave the. Um, company I was in uh, at the time. So mm-hmm. I quit my job and I decided to um, do my first teacher training then. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> and how was it for you to like, do you teach yoga full time now? Is this like what you do? Yeah, I do. I think that's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love it. I really like it. Mm-hmm. I'm really happy. Um, about the choices that I made and um, I know that a lot of people have asked me do you regret because like it's a life of it's very different it's a life of mm-hmm. uncertainty in a way because it's not as regular and um, safe yeah quote unquote <laughs> quote unquote safe, <laughs> um, quote unquote safe um, as like a, a job where you get your paycheck at the end of the month and then you just mm-hmm. basically just know that you're safe with that. But um, honestly, I don't regret one bit. I'm really just so happy that I'm doing this now and I feel like I have never been more myself. So yeah, I couldn't mm-hmm. be happier. Yeah. <laughs> it was- um, your passion. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so I see that you also do kinesi yoga. And I was yeah. wondering if you could tell us a little bit. I think it's kinesiology and yoga. Yes, exactly. Right? So yeah. how yeah. does that work in a class setting? Yeah. Well, I think the word, the word um, kinesiology in English also means um, something else. I'm not 100% oh. sure. But, I, but so in French, kinesiology is actually a practice. Um, so it's a therapeutic practice. And... The basis of kinesiology is that there are, I'm not a professional in that. I do those workshops with a kinesiologist. So I'm just going to try to explain with my own words. Um, (laughs) But but basically the body has um, several levels of 
impression. So like whenever something happens to you, whether it's physical or mental, but in any way, I, I mean, I think it's always linked anyways. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but every time something happens to you, your body keeps an imprint of that thing, of that action, that trauma, that maybe if, even if it's not a trauma, I mean, everything that happens in our lives. Mm-hmm. And some things go stay on the conscious level and then some things go to the unconscious level and then some things go deeper and they actually go into the body. And so the basis of kinesiology is that the body keeps an imprint of everything that has happened in our life. And that sometimes our subconscious or our uh, consciousness is not aware, is not even aware of those things. And that basically um, we can go, we can have like a dialogue with the body if we bypass the mental levels, we can actually have a direct dialogue conversation with the body through uh, muscular responses, muscular tests, and we can actually um, we can actually um, understand what are the limitations and the beliefs that could actually prevent us from moving on, moving forward in our lives. So I discovered that because I was working, I was teaching in a, in a center here in Paris where I um, actually met a kinesiologist and we clicked right away. Uh, we became very good friends. And, um, and then we thought it's funny because yoga and kinesiology have that um, thing in common that they both um, use the body as a way to heal and a way to affect the mind. So we thought there's something here and there's something that we can do. And um, so we started exchanging the practices. I would teach her yoga and she would um, do kinesiology sessions on me. Um, And I actually learned so many things on myself with those sessions um, that I I just wanted to, we said there's, there's really something here. And we started to, we thought of a way to, put the two together, the two practices together um, to actually help people, um, you know, un, um, unblock those, those beliefs and those limitations that, that can arise and, um, and uh, use the kinesi- kinesiology tools and the yoga to unblock them and just pass, move past them and move on and move forward in their lives. So we do four workshops a year now, and it's basically a two to three hour workshop where we actually um, go through all the changes that are linked to the season and everything and try to prepare using the tools of both practices, how we can prepare best to actually smoothen that change of season. Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. <laughs> that it happens with no block or anything. Mm-hmm. I think it's really interesting to combine yoga with other things and to be able to work with someone like that I think it's really cool. yeah yeah um I was also actually wondering you live in Paris which is quite a big busy city is it more difficult to like be mindful in a city like that or to keep your practice going yeah um I think it definitely is yeah. <laughs> I think I mean I definitely saw it change in my own pace when I started teaching yoga, when I left the company that I was working at before, mm-hmm. when I left this whole world, 
that I was living in before, but still I find myself, and I saw that a lot with the COVID-19 situation because being on lockdown, I had to, it was another step towards um, slow life. and, And I actually saw that even being a yoga teacher in Paris, you you are impacted by the rhythm and the, the pace, the fast pace um, in Paris mm-hmm. because my classes are really late at night. And I also really see that, um, you know, people come in with a certain expectation. And I think, I don't mean to say that, I mean, it's not, a, I'm blaming people. It's just, I think we, I think all of us are actually impacted by that energy that it's in the air. It's just in the air in Paris. When you live in a busy city like this, it's in the air everywhere. Everybody has to be in a hurry all the time because there are deadlines and stuff and trains not to miss and, and anything. So everybody's running all the time. And I see a lot when people get into my classes, they arrive and they are still running (laughs) for the first few minutes of class Mm -hmm. and it's funny because you actually feel it in the energy in the first few minutes I think those minutes are so important because this is the time when you actually shift the energy from that Mm -hmm. fast pace everybody's coming from their own corner of the city and like running and and coming with everything in their head and everything in their energy space and then you have to kind of like get everybody into mm-hmm. the same peaceful energy and like lower the energy a lot mm-hmm. before you can actually start to share anything else. I mean, at, at least that that's the way I see it. Um, and I really see the shift because usually when we end the class, we're all in different energy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, but yeah, there is, there is that energy, that really fast, fast paced life in Paris. That's, it's hard, even if you're a yoga teacher, it's hard to um, refrain and it's hard to uh, keep yourself from falling into it because you could just easily be just, you know, swept swapped away. into it and then, yeah, swept away and then that's it. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so it's hard here. Yeah. I know that it's really easier when you're somewhere else. Like when we were um, in Bali, when uh, the summer we met or if, yeah. you know, anytime I just, when I go to Martinique and see my mom there, it's another, it's another rhythm. It's another way to live. It's just really different but I think as yogis we learn that um, it's easier to change ourselves than it is to change our environment mm, so yes. I've um, I've stopped wanting to change anything in Paris this is not going to happen but no. I, instead I just um, I just change myself and um, yeah. and just adapt doesn't mean that I am that I just adapt in a way that I can still live my life in the pace that I want and still be a part of Mm-hmm. the life here <laughs> yeah and i think yoga obviously helps with that finding your center and your stability when everything around you keeps moving definitely and um the people that you teach in paris like they need it more than ever <laughs> they need yoga i think so, uh... <laughs> i think so <laughs> maybe yeah but i think in a way we all need it right we all yeah, have true. i mean in paris it might it might actually show up in that way but in we actually have our own Paris inside of us. <laughs> we have our own little, um, you know, bubble of um, anxiety and stress and, 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 yes, yes. and I don't know, 
Yeah, you'll my have city one is a little quieter, but the students that come to my classes, they have the same like Paris inside of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think we all have a, a little bit of Paris inside us, <laughs> kind of. You know what I mean? <laughs> I know what you mean. So you're also on a journey of sustainability, maybe, because yeah, it's also a passion in your life. Maybe you could yeah. tell us about that. Definitely. Well, for me, it goes hand in hand. I mean, it doesn't um, it doesn't make sense for me to differentiate those the two those mm -hmm. two being a yoga teacher or I mean being a yogi in general and being um, ecologist. Yeah, sustainable. Yeah. I think <laughs> sustainable. it goes together very well. That's true. Um, it goes together because for me, yoga is what I do for my spiritual sustainability. Mm -hmm. and everything else I do for the world's sustainability and I think when you start going into all the aspects of yoga and when you start understanding why we practice and for me as I said it's really because I just want people to understand that if they are more kind to themselves they can be more kind to other people and if there are more if we're more kind to other people then we're kinder to the world as well the world we live in and everything comes back in circle. I mean, if we're kinder to others, we get it back too. And if we're kinder to the planet, we get it back too. It's all a way of actually being kind to ourselves. Um, taking care of the planet is actually also just a way of taking care of ourselves, if we think about it. Mm -hmm. Because we live on this planet and we are dependent on this planet. So it's really important for me, I think. Um, but um but yeah so i try to do what i can i i'm a vegan kind of i think it's easier to describe myself this way but i think this is a word that has a lot of uh weight yeah. <laughs> these days mm -hmm. so um so basically i don't eat any animal products i have stopped buying stuff that are made from animals as much as i can i I try to do my best to limit my waste and live in a way that's respectful of nature. And um, yeah, I think there's um, also this, the main thing here is to be aligned with what you think inside. And if you, if you stop and think about it and feel like you really, if you want to take care of yourself, for me, you have to take care of the planet too. And if you think about mm -hmm. that, then there's a way everyone can do something. It's not going to be the same thing for everybody. Some people are more into sustainable fashion. Some people are more into the way they eat. Some people are more into what they consume. And they're going to be very mindful of not buying anything that comes from abroad. They're going to be very mindful of their impact in terms of transports and everything. Um, some people are going to be um, mindful in terms of where they place their money. There's actually a way to make a more sustainable choice in every area of our, li of our life. And I think it's hard to do all of them. It's, it's mm -hmm. almost yes. impossible. But I think you start somewhere where it's easy and it makes sense for you. And then you go from there. And that's, that's what I did in the... It's been a while now, but I've always been, I mean, I've been brought up in that way too. Like um, my mom and my dad are really very um, respectful of the planet that we live on. So 
I've always been, it's always been in my mind, but I think in the past few years, I've really taken, like, I've really become more aware of all the, the choices that I can make to actually um, have an impact. And so I just try uh, to do my best. But I mean, um, there's still a lot of things that I do wrong, I know, um, but I'm just trying every day. Yeah, I think that's the most important thing when it comes to sustainability. Like you said, like you can do everything and be perfect, but at least like if everybody would just try and even exactly. if it's just one area of their life, then we would come a whole lot further. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So um, I have two more last questions to ask you. Yeah. The first one being, what is your top self-healing technique to go to? Mm -hmm. That was a hard one. Yeah, it's a difficult one. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think basically it would be if I had to put everything into one thing, I would say it's movement in general. Movement mm -hmm. has always been something very important to me, whether it's dancing or um, doing a yoga practice or asana practice. I mean, of course, mm -hmm. or just you know, just jumping up and down, walking um getting on a bike and just going for a ride or something mm -hmm. but if i really feel stuck i've found uh, that moving moving in some way always 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 helps me mm -hmm. um and the other thing that i have to say is that really if i just talk to my mom <laughs> i always feel better after um my mom is a very calm very very wise person and she um she's always very um she always has a very interesting and wise take on every situation that i talk to her about so talking to her is always really good because it's like it's always a conversation that makes me that helps me weigh you know like the options i have or like get some perspective of on on the thing that I'm facing or so yeah it's always a uh, always amazing when I talk to my mom mm, <laughs> I always come that. out of the conversation much calmer <laughs> that's amazing I don't know what I'd do without her <laughs> um and then the last question is what is the number one thing that you hope people take away from the journey that you personally went through or from our conversation I think I think the main thing would be that in life, the most important thing for me, whether it's yoga or anything else, is that you find what makes sense for you. Because um, that, that's the thing. I mean, you don't, anything that you choose in life has to make sense for you, has to come from a place of truth inside of yourself. And from there, it can only go up. I mean, if you choose from a place of truth and kindness to yourself, then you're already on the right path, I think. Um, so any, like, yeah, mm -hmm. apart from like, it doesn't have to be yoga. It doesn't have to be um, being zero waste or being vegan or being anything. And that's what I try to tell people every day is that you just have to think of what do I really want deep down, deep inside of me? If I let go of the ego, if I let go of the fear, if I let let go of like everything that people might think of me, 
or everything that I think of myself because I think we're the first ones to judge ourselves. If I go all that, what's there? What's left inside? And if I just listen to that, and this is my truth, and if I really listen to that, then the answers are clear. And and I think so. What I would say is find that place of truth inside of you, and then go from there. Yeah, and I think <laughs> I yoga think. <laughs> definitely help with finding that place as well. For me, yoga was definitely what helped me find that place of truth, for sure. Mm-hmm. It helped me discover who I am. It helped me love myself a little more, be kinder to myself. And then from there, I understood that I would only ever be the person that I'm supposed to be if I just, if I don't try to be anyone else mm-hmm. for any other reason. And if I just am myself, then that's how I'm going to live the best life. <laughs> And from the moment that we met, I knew that she was an inspiration. 